Hello, musical theatre fans. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. My name is Ian Boquet, and every week I ask special guests from the world of musical theatre and beyond all about their favourite musicals. There's no need for me to pretend to be a mayor to do this, and I am much less qualified for the role than any single person I talk to, but I bought a silly hat and a chain before them, so who's the real West End legend Kerry Ellis in this situation? Me or Kerry Ellis? Yeah, my guest today is West End legend Kerry Ellis. Her resume speaks for itself. We will rock you, Les Mis, Oliver, Cats, anything goes, not to mention being the first ever British alphabet in Wicked, taken over from Indina Menzel in 2006 in the West End, and then visiting the Broadway Oz in 2014. You've all heard her incredible voice before, but if you somehow haven't, just type her name into YouTube and have the best experience of your life discovering what this incredible woman can do. As well as being a star of musical theatre, Kerry has recorded multiple albums, often with her friend and Queen guitar legend Brian May. Brian also features on her new single Battlefield, which is out now on iTunes and is the first track to be released from her upcoming album Kings and Queens, set to come out on May 12th. Kerry will then go out on tour playing Salford's The Lowry, Birmingham Town Hall, my hometown, I love Town Hall, and the stunning London's Adelphi on 14th, 15th and 16th of May respectively. Tickets are available now, so get on that, get them soon. I'm lucky enough to have seen Kerry live a few times and she puts on an incredible, incredible show. She has a once in a generation voice and if you saw her in Anything Goes last year, you'll know she gives every audience her absolute all. It was a, an absolute joy and an honour to talk to her. This podcast is produced in association with Musical Theatre Review, currently celebrating its 10th anniversary as your premier source of news reviews and interviews on all things on stage, backstage and worldwide. Check them out at musicaltheaterreview.com and on Twitter at at Musical R. You can also follow this show on the socials at at Musical Pod. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, just those, just those socials, those three socials at Musical Pod. One thing I should flag up before we get started here, actually, Kerry and I spent about three times as long trying to get Zoom working than we actually were able to spend talking, but she was an absolute pro about it. Such a, a genuinely lovely human being. Really grateful to her for sticking through it. Um, but apologies for this being a slightly shorter episode than usual because of that. Hopefully we'll get her back on the show again one day to dig into some of her choices in a bit more depth as I would have liked. But it was a great chat nonetheless and a privilege to record. So here she is, the legend herself, the wonderful Kerry Ellis. People love it. People love it. They love to laugh and cry and sing to that show. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. I am composer, reviewer, photographer and now podcaster slash fake mayor Ian Boquette. But I am far, far ridiculously less worthy of the title of Mayor of Musical Theatre than my guest today. She hasn't just played some of theatre's most iconic roles from Elfa Butterino Sweeney, but she has done so with such flair, such virtuosity and such distinctive charm that she has become arguably the definitive West End icon of our time along the way. Not only that, she has gained a reputation as one of our most thrilling live concert performers and is about to go out on tour to support a new album, Kings and Queens. Kerry Ellis, thank you so much for being on the podcast. 
Thank you. Um, so you're about to go out on tour in support of your new album, Kings and Queens. Um, obviously, you've, got, you've done loads of recorded music. You've performed in loads of shows. There's so many songs associated with you. How do you choose what to perform live? Well, this this show has actually been quite straightforward because, because the album is so new. It's kind of 80% new material and um, a couple of covers. And we're going to play the whole album live. So wow. we... Um, that was that was kind of a straightforward, easy decision. Um, I've not played any of those songs live yet, so to do the tour is going to be so exciting. Um, and then the second half, I have a couple of surprises. I have a few guests, and uh, and then I'll sing a few songs that perhaps people know and <laughs> expect from me. Um, but yeah, it's a real mixture. But it's always exciting to do to do new music and to do new choices. I mean, it's, people always want to hear what they know and love. So we will give them that. But, um, you know, the whole point of this new tour is, is to play this new album, which I'm so excited about. Yeah, you've released one single so far, um, Battlefield, which has Brian May on guitar, who you've worked with a lot. Um, how did you go from being in We Will Rock You to recording multiple albums with the guitar legend? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was quite an organic um, journey, really. I mean, I obviously worked with Brian while we were in the show and I was in the show for two years, but we didn't really do anything in the studio in that time. It was kind of after I came out of the show that he kind of said, um, you know, I think you've got a little bit more to give. Do you want to kind of experiment a little bit in the, in the studio and see where it might take you? And I was like, well, of course, you know, but it did take us a long time. We we would spend odd days in the studio finding out what kind of music was right for me and what what should be this first album and it took a long time because Brian was off doing his thing and you know still playing with Queen and doing his books and all the things that he does and I was doing more musicals so it was quite sporadic and it took about I don't know nearly nine years to to produce um anthems just because we would do it as and when we had a a spare day and it was it was nice it was really enjoyable um and then after the first album came out anthems it kind of tumbleweed and we started doing more albums and we started touring and we started performing and it, it kind of snowballed really um and then yeah th then I you know I've learned so much from him so to be able to go off on my own and kind of do my own thing has been has been amazing but to still have his blessing and his support by playing on one of the songs has been you know priceless uh, just from that new single it sounds like you're carrying a lot of what's perhaps what he's taught you what you've what he's inspired you to do there's the real rock elements a very dramatic style of music and when that combines with the dramatic musical theater style that you're so good at as well it's high drama i love it it is it is and i think this album is exactly where I should be right now, there's a maturity about it. There's um, there's an elegance, but a simplicity. I think it was exactly the album I wanted to make. I wanted to make uh, an album that I would listen to in the car, that I would put on and, and actually enjoy and listen to. Not to say that I haven't enjoyed the other other pieces of music that I've made, but this, this really was a, an album for me, really. Um, and that I just loved. I loved when 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 the songs were being submitted to us, and we were, Rudy and I were looking for writers to work with, and we were listening to lots and lots of songs. Um, these songs just just spoke to me, and just I really enjoyed listening to them. So they were it was easy to choose. And it must be easier to perform live when you're really excited about the music when it's specifically written for you and with you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's nothing like it. And and what's nice 
is that we've had a few. Um, we've got this out, uh, this single out, um, and and then another one coming out, which is I will find you, and then the the title track Kings and Queens. They'll be out before the the tour, so hopefully people will have a bit of an awareness and and know a few of the songs, maybe even sing along a little bit when they come to the tour. You never know. <laughs> it would be incredible if anyone hasn't seen Kerry Ellis live legendary live performer one of the most iconic times i saw you live was actually at a proud cabaret all-stars event and you were hosting like the aerialists the acrobats the fire breathers but all eyes were on you because you're such an engaging performer oh you're very kind i'm you know what that was such a great a great time i think it was coming or it was between one of the lockdowns it was kind of a, a restricted time so it was quite difficult for performers so that was quite a special time for you know all of us to be there and what i loved about that show was it was a real eclectic mix you know there was myself obviously bringing the mc and the the singing and the 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 drama and then obviously you had the amazing artists um like you said the aerial artists and the fire guys and the um, the contortionist and and it was a real it was just a lovely space for performers to be able to perform um someone you've worked with a lot in the past both live and and on recordings is um louise dearman who you were both alphabet and you both went to school together is that right was it like um glinda and alphabet at shiz oh uh, yeah we we trained at college together we, in fact we just did a tour together around the uk with a small orchestra which was so lovely and hopefully we'll get to do that again oh she's a joy i mean i think our only regret is that we didn't get to do the show together um we literally just passed cross paths when i went back in the second time so um i i mean never say never but i think we're, it's we're, it's a bit too late now but um yeah i adore her i think she's wonderful she's a brilliant talent and it's nice for us to be able to get to do concerts together um, she was a previous guest on this on this podcast as well. Is <laughs> the reason I brought her up? Very lovely. It seems like everyone who plays Alphaba, everyone who plays Glinda, is a lovely person that I've met so far. It's incredible. Ah, uh, oh, that's nice. That's good to hear. Well, speaking of the early days, do you remember back when you were getting into musical theatre? Was there one musical which really grabbed you and made you love the art form? Yeah, it was Les Mis, really. So because at that time, Les Mis, I mean, it wasn't new, but it was still a big deal. And it was, I had the double cassette. It was something I grew up listening to. It was the the show, my first ever West End musical that my parents do on my birthday. And it was really influential. And then to get to go and be part of that show years later and play Fontaine was was a dream really you know if my kind of year old self had said well I'll ever get to play that role I don't know if I'd have ever believed you and I've gone on to do all sorts of incredible things so yeah it's um it's been a been a good ride it's been an interesting ride well being in a show like Lame is and in anything goes these iconic shows that you must know a lot already do you go in with ideas of what you want to do and then work with the director to find what they want as well how does it work yeah kind of exactly that I mean i I'm learning to do a, or I'm I'm doing a Shakespeare in the summer. I'm doing um, a Midsummer Night's Dream, and I was asked the same question just recently. And I think what you do is is do your homework, and you know you learn your lines, and you 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 learn the story, and you have an idea of the character. But when it actually really happens is when you're in a room with other people, and and what performance is about is is being on stage with others and reacting to them and how you and just and and just responding to them it's kind of as simple as that yes you come in with a few ideas but that all seems to change and get get kind of thrown out the window when you go into the rehearsal room so um yeah I think it's more about preparation for yourself doing kind of the grafting and then you can get do the fun stuff when you get in the rehearsal room 
It seemed anything goes must have been a lot of that. It was such a funny show with so many funny people on stage. Oh, I loved anything goes. It was, you know, it, it was one of those shows that came that I didn't see, didn't see coming. I never thought I'd play that role. And mm. when the challenge came, I was a little overwhelmed and daunted by it. But it, I think it's one of my favourite shows. I had so much fun doing it, putting my tap shoes on after twenty five years, and being part of a big dance show was just so much fun I loved every second that was an incredible show I really loved that um is there a show currently on in in the West End or just in London generally that you'd say is your favorite current London show oh that's a good question um uh, what I mean Les Mis would always be my go-to because it's just a classic I still haven't seen I'm horrified to say Hamilton I'd love to go and see that um I mean people love Wicked of course um, for me, it's really difficult to pin it down because it depends on what you're wanting and what you're feeling. And and I like to be moved. I like I love Dear Evan Hansen. I I saw it on Broadway. I didn't see it in the West End, but um, I loved that music. And uh, yeah, that's this difficult question. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to guess when you've been in the shows as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you have different affiliations with with each show. You know, it's it's. You love them for different reasons. What musical has made you laugh the most? I imagine Anything Goes was hard to keep a straight face for. Oh, Anything Goes to Being, 100%. Yeah, because I was surrounded by people like um, Simon Callow. I mean, who was, he was an absolute genius. Um, and Dennis Lawson, you know, we had we did have a giggle and I just I loved being on stage with them. But that said, Wicked, I probably, I found, I think because it was an emotional roller coaster. You know, you'd have your highs and lows with it, and I and being opposite people like Miriam Margulies, yeah. just brilliant comedy legend. And you were in very early as well, so it wasn't as if the jokes had been told for decades and decades already. It was still really fresh. Yeah, absolutely. People love it. People love it. They love to laugh and cry and sing to that show. It's, it's a great one. And in fact, that show might be my answer to this next question: Which musical score gets stuck in your head the most often? anything goes 100 percent, and i think it's because they're classics you know they're kind of the songs that we all know with and they're in they're part of our history yes obviously these you know wicked is huge and it does get in people's minds but the 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 cole porter songs have been around for years you know before les mis before phantom so and they just get in your brain you know you hear anything goes once and it's just it's there. It's there for the for the week. <laughs> yeah, um, it always shocks me when I ever go see any Cole Porter musical. It's song after song after song that you know and love already, and you never even realise it it's from a musical. It is, yeah, it is, and I love it. And I, I think it's a well-rounded musical. It came at a good time. It came after the depression to make people happy, and it still does that now. It's kind of timeless. Absolutely. What is your favourite movie musical? Ooh, I love Moulin Rouge. Mm. I also love um, A Star Is Born. I know it's kind of not a movie musical, but no, that, that still that gets me. That gets me hugely. Of course, they're doing a Wicked movie at the moment. Are you excited for that? I am excited. I think it's it, they're kind of showing little snippets of pictures at the moment, and it is super exciting. I mean, it, people will, people are going nuts for it. So yeah, I'm excited to see to see. 
So this is Kerry Ellis. Just wanted to drop in here to remind everyone that you should pre-order Kerry's album, Kings and Queens. That's due out on May 12th. And also make sure you book tickets to her live show so you don't miss out on one of the best live performers I have honestly ever seen. She is incredible and she's playing Salford's The Lowry, Birmingham Town Hall, love Birmingham, that's where I'm from, and the stunning London Adelphi on the 14th, the 15th and the 16th of May respectively. As Kerry mentioned briefly in our chat, she has also just been announced as starring in Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream at Stafford's Gatehouse Theatre. That runs from the 23rd of June to the 9th of July, which isn't a long run. So if you, near, if you live near Stafford, or honestly, Stafford is really well connected to the rest of the country, it's worth the trip. Make sure you get yourself tickets to that. Right, let's learn more about the favourite musicals of West End superstar Kerry Ellis. Is there a musical that other people really love that doesn't quite connect with you that you don't quite understand for some reason? Well, that's a good one. Again, it doesn't have to be really negative. It's not like your least favourite musical or anything. It's just what do other people love that doesn't quite connect with you for whatever reason? Oh, oh I don't know. Oh, that's a really good one. <laughs> I think it's really tough because whenever I go and see a show, I... I watch it differently. I watch it kind of, you know, sometimes you watch parts you want to play. Sometimes you watch them, you listen to the music and think, oh, I'd like to sing that song or, mm. or uh, you know, that song takes me back. It's, it's, it, you never not resonate, but I will have a different feeling to each one when I come out. Yeah, I suppose it must be hard for you as well because you have done such a range of musical theatre. You really can appreciate the populist shows everyone loves and the more intense philosophical shows as well. Yeah, and I also understand what it what it takes to put a musical on. So you know, regardless whether it's good or not, I know what the a, the, the blood, sweat, and tears that have gone into it to make it happen and to get it to that stage. So I have a different appreciation for it. I think a hundred percent. Yeah, um, I'm a composer as well. When I'm just interviewing, and I put on two musicals, and just in a little room above a pub with a cast of three, it nearly killed me. I can't imagine what goes into a full West End oh. show. Uh, it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot (laughs) (laughs) what do you think is the most romantic musical do you think you're a romantic sentimental sort of person I think it has to be Romeo and Juliet I mean I didn't see it at the I didn't see it when it was when I saw the and Juliet just recently but I think Romeo and Juliet is such a beautiful story and it's just it's a classic you know it's a classic romance and I and I think that has to be because every every musical has some kind of relationship in it um, and that's why we like them. We like we're we're human, and we like watching other humans feel things. And I think they all have relationships in them. Absolutely. Um, I think you answered this question earlier, but which musical have you never seen that you think maybe you should see? Oh, there's so many. I mean, <laughs> I don't get to go enough. You know, I still want to see so many things. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Hamilton is obviously up there. It's. It, I just need to get a night so I can go into town. I'm either working or I'm at home with my kids. So it's mm. difficult to get the time. That's a tricky thing to see five musicals. It does take five nights of your life. Well, also, there's so many things that I want to see again, you know, because different people have gone in or there's just not enough time. <laughs> Um, which musicals this is a very hard question actually which musicals fictional world would you most like to live in oh that's a great one um we get a lot of people saying oz for this one and obviously you've spent a lot of time in oz yeah i get that i did spend a lot of time in oz and it was quite stressful at times (laughs) but also brilliant at times you know i loved 
I did love that. But again, I think I'd probably go anything goes, you know, it, it's so much, it's so much fun. It's light. They are all, they're all on holiday. They're all having a good time. It's a blue sky musical. It's light. And I think, I love a bit of sun, so maybe it would just be that. <laughs> yeah, a world where even even the gangsters and the murderers are singing songs and are happy people. Yeah, a bit tongue-in-cheek, it's all fine. Oh, you're coming through. <laughs> if you were to direct a radical restaging of a classic musical, which would you choose? Is there a classic which could maybe be brought up to date or something you have ideas for? Oh, that's a good one. Um, phew. I think something like Greece would be interesting because it it it's such a classic set in it, you know, people know and love it. And I think I think giving it a slightly new spin might be might be interesting. I mean, it might I might also get absolutely collared for it because again, people don't like it when you mess with things that they know and love. Uh, but maybe Greece would be interesting. It'd probably turn into Heather's though, the musical, wouldn't it? <laughs> Which is no bad thing, let's face it. <laughs> Do you have any aspirations for going into more the directing backstage world of musicals or are you happy acting? Yeah, not yet. I mean, it may come, but at the moment, no. I'm still on that side. <laughs> Well, speaking of radical changes to musicals, casting directors always getting more adventurous with how they cast, especially in terms of gender and things. Do you think maybe yeah. you could be tempted back to Wicked to play the wizard for a special night or Fiero or something radical maybe, like that? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm not one to go back because I think once you've experienced it, you know, it's. It, I'm always looking for new challenges. Um but never say never. I mean, if it's a gala performance, maybe I could be enticed back. But um, but yeah, I'm usually looking forward. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the way to be. That's the way to be. Well, the big question of this podcast, is there a show that if you were the mayor of musical theatre, if you had that power, you would order Run Forever so you could go see it whenever you want? I think it would have to be Les Mis. It's an old, it's, I know it's been there and I know it's a classic, but it was my, it was the musical that introduced me to musicals. And I think it would have, it still has the same effect on people. And for me, it's just part of our history. It's part of what should always be there. It's an absolute classic. Have you seen the new staging? No, I haven't. Again, I need to go. I need to go. It's an exciting thing. Yeah, well, everyone get down to there. And obviously everyone go see Kerry Ellis live, who is a phenomenal live performer. Um, can you just remind us where you're performing over the, around the country? Yes, I'm going to. So on the on the 14th of May, I'm going to be in Salford. Um, and on the 15th, I'm going to be in Birmingham Town Hall. And on the 16th, it's the London show at the Adelphi. Oh, so exciting. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm sorry about all the technical issues. <laughs> yeah. To our listeners, we had, there's been some confusion <laughs> with Zooming here in Shears. Thank you so much, Kerry. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank bye. You. Bye bye. Speak soon. Good luck. There's been some confusion over Zooming here at Shears. That's a, that's a solid joke, isn't it? That's a solid joke. Maybe I do deserve to be the mayor of musical theatre after all, but obviously still not as worthy as the great Kerry Ellis. Thank you again to Kerry for persisting through the technical difficulties and being so brilliant in the high-pressure, rapid-fire edition of this podcast. An absolute pro. You can see her perform live in May. She's going to be playing Salford's The Lowry, Birmingham Town Hall and stunning London Adelphi on 14th, 15th and 16th of May respectively. Also, don't forget to pre-save her new album, Kings and Queens, which comes out on May 12th. The first single, Battlefield, is out now, and it features Brian May on guitar. Give it a download. You can follow Kerry on the social medias at at KerryJaneEllis1 on Twitter and at KerryEllis79 on Instagram.
Please also follow us at at MusicalMarePod and do check out at MusicalTheatreR on Twitter or at MusicalTheatreReview on Instagram for all the latest news, reviews and interviews on all things onstage, backstage and worldwide. You can also go straight to the source which is MusicalTheatreReview.com. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to this podcast and check out our ever-growing back catalogue of interviews with superstars like Carrie Hope Fletcher, Anna Jane Casey, Courtney Bowman, John Owen Jones and even Kerry's old school friend Louise Dearman. If you want to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, that would be a huge, huge help. Or just tell a friend or, or, you know, do whatever you want. Thank you again for listening and we'll be back in again next week with another special, spectacular guest. Keep it musical! (laughs) 